The views and opinions expressed on Beautiful Disasters are those of the panelists and not those of the Geeks Under the Influence Network, their sponsors, or anyone else involved. Also, there is going to be a lot of adult language used on this podcast, so please keep your little kitties away. Welcome back to the second episode of the new Beautiful Disasters mini-segment, A Die for Dead Formats. This movie was fucking awesome. <laughs> awesome? It was terrible. It was fucking awful. But it was unintentionally the most offensively hilarious movie I've seen in a while. Yeah. As always, I am the Groots, and my partner in crime on this mini-series is... Jesse. My brother from another mother. So, at the end of the last episode, we rolled a die to select this movie. Uh, and we ended up with the laser disc of a western called Waterhole Number 3. <laughs> uh, I, had, I didn't know anything about it. I bought it sight on scene for like $3 somewhere. Yeah. Going in blind was the right choice. It's the only way to do it. Yeah. Because we had no idea what to expect. I Now, this was a production of Blake Edwards, of Pink Panther fame. So I figured it was going to be a silly comedy. I mean, the, the cover yep. of the Laserdisc has, like, uh, a cartoonish... Uh, what do they call it? When those motherfuckers that draw your portrait, like, uh, on the, the uh, beach. The caricatures? Caricatures, yeah. yeah. It's like this stupid cartoonish caricature... Of James Coburn with a girl over his shoulder. Yeah. And yep. that about sums it up. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so this movie's gonna be silly as shit. And yeah. Yeah, what 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 wasn't immediately obvious was that the yeah, the comedic plot point was rape. So Yeah, we're gonna get to that. <laughs> because that comes back again. That's the It's the running gag. It is the gag that would never fly in the last 20 years, really. <laughs> it wouldn't fly, but especially now. Yeah, this movie is unabashedly misogynistic. Yes. Um, I mean, you know, I, I guess the idea is that it takes place in a certain time, but I, I, I don't even think back then, in that time. No, this <laughs> Half made... of this shit would have, would have been... <laughs> would have been okay. This made Benny Hill look like a choir boy. <laughs> and Benny Hill was a hornball. <laughs> okay. So the main character in this movie is played by James Coburn. This came out in 1967. And he plays a character named Luton Cole, who is kind of like a... He's like a card-sharp gambler, opportunist, yeah, rogue. He, he's, he's a scoundrel. Yeah. He's a scoundrel. Luton Cole is his name. And... Uh, Movie opens with uh, these band of thieves, one of which is a deserting military officer, has dug a hole through a shoemaker's shop to steal gold from the army fort. They've dug a tunnel, right? And they're trying to get away with it. The very next scene, we are introduced to uh, James Coburn's character, Luton Cole. He's playing cards at a saloon, and... You know, he's kind of like a 
he's joking around and he's he's playing three card Monty, you know, trying to take some money from people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's cocksure and 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 funny and all that. And some other uh, sort of well dressed player comes in. You got my money. I'm gonna get it back. We're gonna have a fucking gunfight at dusk, right? Something like that. Well, he what what happened was he um one of the he had stolen the guy's wallet and he gave the wallet back and but he didn't put the money back in the wallet and the guy's like, "Hey, you took too much." And so, you, but one of the dollar bills, one of the the twenty dollar bill that he had on him had the map to the where he buried the gold and that's what he wanted back. So he got into uh, you know bit of a shouting match with uh, Coburn and you know got his money back but then challenged him to a duel. Yeah. He, he could have just walked away with his money and then gotten the gold and gotten away with the crime. But no, he had to get into a duel with James Coburn <laughs> for no reason. He, it's not like he feels honor. He got the money back from the guy. Right. Like, there was no reason for this particular plot point. But no, it not happened. Really. It happened. Not you know, really. It's the MacGuffin that, like, moves the story along, I guess. Yeah, and so uh, Luton Cole drinks down his liquor milk, and then he gets called <laughs> out, which was weird, because he got a glass of milk and poured a shot of whiskey into it, and I yeah. was like, that's awful. Yeah, yeah, no. But, uh, so he goes out there, and he's preparing. The guy is already down the street, ready to go, in a stance, like, come on, Cole. And he rolls over to his horse, pulls out <laughs> his fucking rifle, and just shoots the dude. <laughs> Best scene in the movie, as far as I'm concerned. That was fantastic. I mean, that was basically, Harrison Ford must have seen this scene, because Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Guy's got the fucking sword, and he just pulls his gun out and shoots him. And that's, <laughs> it's fucking hilarious and perfect uh, for the character, because he's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to fight fair. Yep. So he goes over to the body and loots it of the money, gets the map that's on the $20 bill. Which he wouldn't have known anything about if the guy had, you know, hadn't been, you know, so up in arms about getting the 20 specifically back. Yeah. And then he heads on to the next town. Couple familiar faces. Well, just to back it up a second, the uh, the cat, the army captain that the gold was stolen from is played by James Whitmore, who was Brooks in the Shawshank Redemption. Yep. I was like, no, I know that guy. Brooks the librarian. The Brooks saddest character of the fucking whole movie. Yeah. Um. Anyway, he'll come back into play later on. So it shows up in this town called Integrity. <laughs> and James Coburn, I guess his horse got lame. He had to shoot his horse or whatever. So he, he walks in with just his saddle on, walks into town, and he rolls up to the sheriff and the deputy. Sheriff is played by Carol O'Connor. Yep. Heat uh, of the night, uh, all in the family. Yep. 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 And uh, his deputy is a very young Bruce Dern, who's kind of a moron. Yep. And very short piece in the movie. And they have this strange conversation where James Coburn wants to buy a horse, and the and the only good horse and the best horse in town is the sheriff's horse, and he's not going to sell. And it's a stupid conversation. I don't we, think that uh, I don't think that Coburn was actually looking to buy a horse. I no. think he was just. Use money for intel so he could grab a 
you know, a decent right. horse. So he walks past them into the sheriff's jailhouse, and you know, the sheriff notices right behind they got a poster for this guy. He's wanted for murder for the dude he shot. <laughs> so they roll in, and he holds them up with a tiny four-shot Derringer. <laughs> and, oh, my God. What the fuck? He ends up locking up the sheriff and deputy, gets them to strip naked. Obviously, they're mad as hell. But the first good line of the movie, it's like, why we got to do this? A naked sheriff makes a slow posse. And I was like, <laughs> fair. Fair enough. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. So he, he goes to go get the sheriff's horse. Oh, boy. And Here we go. this is where Welcome. this movie... Whew, takes a sharp left turn. Wow, dude. <laughs> All right. So the sheriff has a very lovely daughter who is all of 20 years old, I think. And uh, she's in the stables. He has already, like, he's saddling up the horse. And she's like, what the fuck are you doing in here? Right? Yep. And they start, they have a little bit of banter back and forth. And then he basically is just like, now I'm going to get me some of that. Yep. And there's kind of a fight where she tries to defend herself. And he basically just pushes himself on her. And it's not shown, but... Yeah. I mean, she does the whole, no, not like this. And he's like, okay, I'll go slow. And then, like, you know, that makes it okay. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. He fucking rapes her. Yep. Like, straight up. And that's going to come into play a lot. (laughs) You know? There's the token stereotype of the lazy Mexican that didn't didn't notice anything happening. Francisco. Oh, my God. Who was asleep at the time. And so he rolls out. uh, Luton Cole leaves after the deed. And uh, the sheriff comes back. He gets back. Different clothes on. And he is mad as hell. And he is going to get Cole for what he did. Yeah. What he did was lock him up naked in his jail in his own jailhouse. Yeah. And he he's way too fucking like mad and aloof to realize that his disheveled daughter just had a fucking crime <laughs> perpetrated <laughs> against her and she's not happy and she basically tells him um this is what he did to me. Yeah. And I think she I don't know if it was at this point or a little bit point uh, a little a little bit later where she says I think he raped me. Like I don't know how you don't know whether it's rape or not. I don't know. But yeah, that's basically the point and you know, he doesn't put two and two together yet. He doesn't know it was actually the guy that he's after. But um, until she find until she tells him that he you know, he finds out Francisco discovers that Blue is gone, the horse. Yes, he realizes that he stole the horse. Now he knows who this guy probably is. Yep. Definitely is. And then it becomes very clear that he is mad as hell and he cares way more about his horse and his honor than the fact that his daughter was raped. <laughs> and it's Oh no, he I mean he's very he points less. out. He yeah. points out that now sweetheart, you know that a man will pick his fruit from the nearest tree like you know how men are. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> the movie is, is the centerpiece of the movie is victim blaming. <laughs> I mean, yeah. 
It really like, is. It's, she's pretty, and this is how boy, boys will be boys. That's the movie. <laughs> the end. End of the episode. <laughs> pretty much. I mean, you're not far <laughs> off. So, uh, meanwhile, throughout this movie, and we're, we're only about it, like, in the first act here, but, like, throughout this movie, there is the most stupid, like, w- it wants to be, like, Mel Brooks, you know, Blazing Saddles style music that is telling oh. the story of what is happening or what just happened. Yeah. And the song is... Code of the West. The Code of the West. Code of the West. And it, it's, it's a it's a, an expositional narrative. Yes. Done in country music, like country song format. Yes. it's And it will tell you about the characters so you don't have to find out with dialogue. Yeah. And so I'm going to sing a line. Oh, my God. <laughs> because this is basically well I'm not going to sing it well but this is basically what happens after the dad gets madder about the horse and his honor than his daughter's rape <laughs> and it goes something like this so raping and killing ain't really so bad but stealing old blue makes Sheriff John mad <laughs> and we yep. had to pause the fucking movie because we were just like, our mouths were on the floor. We were fucking <laughs> laughing at the absurdity of how politically incorrect everything about this movie is. <laughs> oh, my God. So, all right. We're just going to kind of go through. The sheriff does catch up as Cole finds the gold at Waterhole Number 3, name of the movie. And he accuses Cole. He's like, well, I got you now. I got you for murder. And he's like, no, man, that was self-defense. <laughs> what about what about raping? You mean assault with a friendly weapon? <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> uh, God yes. damn it, man. See, like, I, I would legitimately have felt bad about screening this with any, <laughs> like, sort of switched on friend of oh my i don't even know i don't even know dude this is so it's so bad and i mean it doesn't matter that it's 1967 or that it's a fucking blake edwards production it's just like what the fuck were they thinking so the sheriff has cole he has his gun on a coal the gold is found and somehow instead of what would happen in any other fucking Western where he would shoot him yeah. for stealing his horse, raping his daughter. Or Coburn would have shot him. He had the opportunity. Or the Coburn would have shot. One of them would have yeah. shot the other one and been like, gold's mine. Yeah. Somehow they strike up some kind of an agreement. A gentleman's partnership where they. Something. Yeah. And yeah. they're going to make it to Mexico together now. So suddenly, you know. 100% shared. I, th- just, I just think what of- it was is that Coburn has the skills to negotiate with uh, Mexicans to get... Uh, he can you know, fence to, the gold. To fence it, and yeah, yeah. you know he knows how to how to get past bandits and all that kind of stuff and just navigate, and you know he knows the culture. Yeah. <clears throat> and and Carol O'Connor... Uh, Sheriff John doesn't, so that's probably... So he, he again blows off his daughter's rape by being like, it was a hasty love affair. <laughs> Nothing got bruised by her, but her pride. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. Nothing got bruised by but her pride. 
You are the best dad <laughs> ever, dude. Oh, my God. Uh, so shortly thereafter, the thieves catch up to them, hold them, hold them at gunpoint, tie them up, take the horse and the fucking donkey and the gold, everything, and leave them. They don't shoot them. They yeah. Just, they just leave them. Like, nobody finishes the job. Yeah. Like, these what? are cutthroats who have a hostage, the shoemaker, the hostage that they're going to use as their patsy yeah. later on. They, yeah, they leave these guys alive. Okay. That and, clocks. And they have 108 pounds of gold. Yeah. They're, they're in the middle leave. of nowhere. There's no way they can get caught. Yeah. So they're stranded, but the daughter, Billy, rolls up on a horse, sees them all tied up, trying to, like, escape. And uh, she's like two big men out in the middle of the desert playing grapple finger. <laughs> what the hell are you doing? <laughs> you know? And uh, she's got a gun on Cole, but... Uh, she punches them both in the stomach. Punches them both. Cole uh, asks, you know, I got a knife in my pocket. Can you get it? No, you got to go deeper. And it's like, oh. Dude, in, into the really? pocket, yeah. Really? It's like, okay. oh my God. All right, buddy. Yeah. And... Uh, she cuts him loose, pulls a gun on Cole, and he says, do it. It was worth it. <laughs> Looking right at her, I'm like, fuck, dude. <laughs> oh, actually, right before this, though, the she started, uh, when she found them, uh, got into an argument with them and punched them in the stomach and stuff, she got back on her horse and started riding in a circle around them instead of just leaving them there. Um, and... The way they convinced her to get back down off the horse and set them free was tell her she's pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, just compliment her, and <laughs> which is what ends up happening. Yeah. Uh, I get, yeah, I got to say, the female characters in this movie are not a whole lot. Like, the... the well, there was... The, a little later on, yeah, there's the... There's the madam. There's the madam, to, and there's a bunch kinda, of prostitutes. Kind of run shit, but... They barely have characterization. Oh, man. So they all end up getting together on her horse, three deep, and she asks her dad, but what about my rape? <laughs> As they're running away, what about my rape? And he's like, forget about it. We got to get the gold. <laughs> And again, we had to pause the fucking movie because it's just like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Uh, oh, father of the year, man. Uh, anyway, they catch up with the thieves eventually. The thieves have already made it to the next town, which is a town near the border, I guess. And the main, the deserting army guy, the kind of the lead dude has the shoemaker with him and they go to this brothel. And it's swanky. There's all these girls. And he's he's flaunting the fact that he's got fucking gold. And all the girls are all over him. The shoemaker gets courted by the head madam of the house. Because she's got a plan. Yeah. Because she's like, well, fuck. I'm going to get that gold. Yeah. And well, I mean, the army guy has been, I guess, funding their operation for yeah. a long time. And, you know, she wants to be set up more permanently, I guess. And she's got the perfect <laughs> patsy with the shoemaker. She'll throw him a bone and and he'll fucking do what she needs. Yep. So they catch up. Now, the third guy of this uh, thief posse is like the violent one. And he was the lookout. He sees him roll into, roll into town and he basically goes to this hotel. 
he's hold, he's holed up waiting for them to come and they end up not breaking into the room get the room across the hall and it's like a little standoff for a while and meanwhile there's this banter between Cole and the sheriff and Billy and it's just increasingly like fucked up like damn dude <laughs> the oh Jesus Christ yeah they I guess they're waiting for the guy to come out they don't want to go in and get shot they're waiting for him to come out so they hole up in a in a room across the hall right from his room and sheriff john has to keep an eye out through the uh keyhole and while well, coburn uh, his character uh, was luke what was his name again uh luton 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 so he's looking out the window uh, in case a guy jumps out the window or whatnot while the daughter is basically talking to both of them trying to trying to clear the air about this sexual assault right like i got raped. did you tell him what happened and he's like yeah go go ask him like did you tell my dad what happened he's like yeah go ask him and you know but the dad's focused on the he's guy like, i don't got room. time for this i don't have time for the talk about this she's like and so she's like fine if you guys don't care i don't care and she lays down on the bed i i, I think that was an invitation? Is that what that was? It was alluded to the fact that Cole was like, "Well, I guess if she let's don't go again, he's yeah. like, we don't have time for that either." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the, yeah, yeah. So Sheriff John's like, "No, we, Luton, we don't, we don't have time for that now." Just Jesus <laughs> so fucked up. So what ends up happening is the um, the dude across the hall, the thief, lures a drunken cowboy up to the room, thinking that he's going to get laid or something. Well, she, so the, yeah, the, the bad guy had a note, he threw a note down, um, this drunken cowboy was like, you know, urinating and he, the notes claimed, basically he was like, I'm a, you know, he's he's one of the prostitutes, he's being held hostage in a room, come, come rescue me from the room. So that's, yeah, so he rushes up there. Rushes up there, he ends up taking the drunk cowboy hostage and makes his escape. And they are following closely behind and we have a big old shootout out in the street. Dude ends up dropping the gold. The bad guy drops the gold. And they are shooting at him enough that he ends up having to, to flee. Just, yeah, bolt, leave his gold behind. To, to, to live. So they have half the gold. But they're going to go get the other half of the gold. Because, you know, the sheriff and Cole are fucking greedy bitches. And so they end up heading towards the fucking brothel. This was like a fucking awesome, stupid, comedic gunfight because all they used were shotguns and they just fucking demolished the place. Yes. You're just like the both of them versus the army guy and they're just shotgunning the whole place. The, the head madam is like, please take it outside. <laughs> you are fucking destroying my entire business. <laughs> and eventually they end up catching the dude but in the meantime the shoemaker makes off with the gold yeah he makes off with the army captain's half of the gold and he ends up getting like on the horse with the rest of the gold so now the shoemaker is making his way his his escape and he's got all the fucking gold so now cole and the sheriff team up with the guy with the fucking army dude and they're all trying to roll they're like well we got to get it 
And meanwhile, they meet up with the whole fucking like army. Yeah, the whole army uh, cavalry from the first, regiment yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And they're all blaming each other. No, I, you know, and then it's like, oh, well, I brought the guy to you. And, oh, yeah, we helped. They're the, these are my deputies. Well, so it was like, like they, they, yeah, the Brooks was basically like, you know, yeah. you're arrest this man for desertion. And he was yeah. like, but no, I was kept hostage by the foreigner, by the foreign shoemaker. Right. As he describes him. Oh, well, well, then that makes you a hero. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get a medal for this. And then the uh, is like you know yes uh, you know arrest this guy for murder. Well, no, it was self defense. Oh well. Oh well, then you know you'll probably get a reward out of this. And then the uh, the sheriff is like he asks the sheriff, sheriff is it, are they both you know on the level? And he's like, yeah, you could say they were sort of my deputies, uh, you know, getting the gold back. Ah, <laughs> oh, well, you know, no reward for professionals like us, but you know it'll matter to you come election time. <laughs> and then. So arrest the foreigner, <laughs> like Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's 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 bad. Like every part of this movie is is is, is problematic. And they uh, they turn the saddlebags upside down and rocks come out. Yep. Where is the gold? I guess the shoemaker stashed. Is he the one that stashed? He, the gold? he had to have he, stashed it off yeah. camera. I thought they were right behind him, but you know, yeah, they, he stashed it. And meanwhile, oh right, I. I, I know what happened though. Yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah. Because he, because you know they go off to hunt down. Uh, they all like you know he put the man back in charge of his battalion and like go, go uh, get the gold, go get the gold or whatever. And so then the Coburn and the um, sheriff follow them. They fucking all they, leave. They all leave because including want the, gold. the the foreigner prisoner. They all leave. Yeah, except for the daughter Billy, who is with him and. Even though this guy's under arrest, they all just fucking leave. Yes. They leave him there. And she turns on the charm and I guess... Gets him to tell her. He tells her where the fucking shit is. Yep. (laughs) So she is off by herself and finds the gold and she's putting it on her her horse in her saddlebags. It should be mentioned that the, the... the song narration at this point is just talking about how, like, you know, women either need to have a plan or find a husband. Yeah, they kept talk, <laughs> talking about, like, this will make a good dowry or something. Yeah! Like, what the fuck, man? Jesus! <laughs> yeah, so she's getting all this gold so she can find the right man and provide? What? Or if she can't find a man, she at least has, you know, some stake that she... I don't oh know. Oh, my God, dude. Jesus Christ. Oh, my but God. Then, and yeah, and she's like, arrest this man. He forced his affections on me. She said that before they all rode off. Arrest this man. He forced his oh, affections oh, on me. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. And oh my god, the, the fucking the army. The worst part of the whole the movie. army captain is like, there's not a court in the land with a ravishing beauty that that would convict him with a ravishing beauty as as, as much as you are as this witness or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was just like he was what? like, there's not a court in the land that would convict. Based on a ravishing beauty such as yourself, like, like no one would ever blame him for raping you because you're so hot. And again, <laughs> we had to pause it because it was like, <laughs> what the fuck, man? So, yeah. Then all this, all this shit happened. She's putting, uh, she. We're back to her putting uh, the gold on her horse, and of course, Luton Cole shows up because <laughs> he was following her with a bouquet of. Cheap fucking wildflowers. It's just like fucking wildflowers he pulled from. Yeah. 
and the he's clowned. like, "Hey, baby." Basically, yeah, is like hey, his whole thing. Baby. Like, how you doing? Come to butthead. And he's like, "Why not a partnership?" And she's like, "The only partnership I want is a is a full time one." Like, yeah, like she wants, she wants to marriage. settle down with the guy. Which this is, is the whole thing. She wasn't really mad about being raped. She was mad that he left. He ghosted her. He yeah. just fucking like. Hit it and, and left. <laughs> yeah, that was the whole thing. That like, was oh that my was the God. whole plot point. Yeah, dude, her she's oh. gonna have self worth issues for the rest of her life. Already does. <laughs> uh, in any case, um, I guess his charming, you know, roguishness. They start kissing, and then suddenly, the deed has been done again, and. Uh, <laughs> And then he's getting dressed, and he's, like, getting on the horse, and she's still naked. Like, hey, where are you going? He's like, basically, he's like, you didn't think this was going to work, right? I'm out. <laughs> he's like, hey, I am who I am. I got to go, baby. I got to go. <laughs> Bye-bye. So he rides off with the gold. I got to go get me some slow-eyed senoritas. <laughs> oh, my God, <laughs> that's right. The shit. That's this, right. The shit this movie says at, at points Along the movie. Is that just, was also part of the song. Slow-Eyed Senoritas. Yeah, oh, my God, dude. <sighs> so he rides off. Uh, everybody kind of converges on the place where the gold was. The madam with the shoemaker, the cavalry, her dad, and she's sitting on a rock just like, well, fuck. Yeah. And he rides off in the distance, and they're behind him, and he's like, well, I guess... Well, the, the dad and the, and the army guy show up, and they're like, you know, what, where's the gold, and what, what happened? And then the rest of the army shows up. Or was it... No, the uh, the madam and the shoemaker right. show up. They're, they're all... Like, all these different zany yeah. collaborations are all trying to get the gold, but eventually, like, all the... Cavalry is trying to chase him down, and he's up on a ridge, like I guess overlooking Mexican border. Well, like, the point was though is that she was like, they were like, "Where's the gold?" And she's like, "That guy's got it." Yeah, like yeah, I'll get you for leaving me. Yeah, and that like you know, right there. she's you know to, that shows her character's fiery spirit and strength. That's how she's empowered. I guess it's <laughs> 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 a pretty lame, lame resolution. But, uh, yeah, and that's basically it. The movie, he's just like, is the gold worth it? Yeah. <laughs> he yep, rides off yep. and He's end. like, man, we take gold too seriously. And then he turns around the other way and he's like, or we don't take gold seriously enough, referring to the pretty blonde uh, yeah. woman that he, oh, is he <laughs> ditched, that he banged and ditched. Yeah, like, I, I, I don't buy it. Yeah. He just wants the gold. He rides off the end. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> Wonderful. What I have to, I mean, what we've already said, it pretty much sums up how incredibly fucking misogynistic and yep. problematic this movie is. You referred to it as the anti Me Too movie. This yes. is the anti Me Too movie. It Absolutely. really is. And I get it, you know, this was made decades ago when it was more of a man's world, I guess, you know, and, and culturally, but still, like, Yikes. <laughs> Going for the humor like this, like, shocked the fuck out of me. I was expecting a Looney Tunes style, Pink Panther esque, like, silly western. Yep. And we got some legitimate, 
startling, like, <laughs> fucking moments of, like, that is insanity. Yeah, nobody took the the, the crime seriously, including the victim. Um, it, it wasn't taken seriously at all. It was just, like... She was the only one that took it mostly and, and, seriously. And it turns out she was only pissed off that he... That he dissed her, he like that wasn't. Yeah, yeah. He, he hit it and quit it. You know, like, yeah, he, like, you know, she, he overpowered her, but then she submitted willingly. I guess was the thing, and you know, which was more of an implication than it was yeah, off screen. I, I guess that's the way the movie kind of presented it because I mean those. Kind but of, the thing is that that moment was the running gag throughout the entire movie. Was this it was sexual assault was the comic relief. <laughs> That is awful, and <laughs> I now completely understand why this movie has never been talked about and has <laughs> never been released past VHS or Laserdisc, because I think any... And this is a Paramount film. Like, this yeah. is a big studio movie. I'm curious to see how successful it was when it was released. Oh, I'm sure it wasn't. That's, that's one of the factors in why it didn't get a further releases, you know. Much like the first movie we did. But I can see audiences back in that time probably laughing their asses off at this film. Probably a lot of men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't see this being hey man. raucous laughter for, <laughs> for the women of the audience. Like, mm, no. Not so much. Yeah. And this was during the... I don't like, know, man. I, you know, my family comes from the South, and they, they can laugh at some pretty fucked up shit. There might not have... There <laughs> probably weren't any bra burners in... Your family, but this was <laughs> at the time of the women's lib movement, and you better yeah. believe there was there probably, definitely would have been some demographics that were there, not be happy about this. There, film. there were probably some some op ed pieces about this, you know, in in, in <laughs> you know New York newspapers or something. Yikes. that I can totally understand. In any case, the movie it w- completely fucking was unexpectedly insane, and the humor was. Uh, fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> and I was not expecting it at all. I mean, it was Jesus. hilarious because of the unexpected, like, the shock yes. of what we just watched, we which were, we was were honestly laugh- hilarious. I mean, that was it was like, I can't believe what I'm watching right now. Right. This, is- this was the kind of laughter that happens when uh, Vincent shoots Marvin in the face in Pulp Fiction. <laughs> when they're talking in the car and he blows... That oh, dude's head Marvin off. In the face. Oh shit! I shot Marvin in the face, and they're all covered in blood and brains. And it's like, you have to laugh at that, even yeah. though it's fucking horrific, because it's so like. What else are you gonna do? I mean, yeah. Now this is not beautifully written like a Tarantino movie, but that's the kind of like when they would say some shit or react to like fucking rape, like they did. Yeah. That was so absurd, and then they would the fucking narration music would sing songs about it afterwards and you're like what the fuck is actually <laughs> happening <laughs> jesus Whew. anyway we gotta wrap this motherfucker up <clears throat> we went a little long because holy shit water hole number three that was you know you want to go in blind to a movie like this uh and i'm glad that we did because i would not have wanted to rewatch this movie uh no but yeah jesus christ all right um so what we are going to do now is we're going to roll a D10 for uh, the next movie. <clears throat> Let me get to my list here. Where the fuck is my list? <laughs> oh, son of a bitch. Fuck you. Where are you at? 
There it is. God damn. All right. Okay. <laughs> okay, we are rolling a D10 for our next Die for Dead Formats screening. All right, here we go. I'm going to re-roll it. I'm going to re-roll it because yeah. it went off the table. Five. Five. All right. This is a VHS. Sweet. Called The Sex Machine. <laughs> I think it's a screwball comedy from the 70s or early 80s. Late 70s, early 80s. I know very little about it. I have not seen it. I got it in a bunch of VHS, and I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. Yeah. Never been released anything beyond VHS, so we will see. In any case, thank you so much for listening. Uh, reach out to the to Beautiful Disasters on our Facebook page, Beautiful Disasters Podcast. If you have suggestions for the main uh, episodes or the schlock abuse episodes, or even if uh, there's some unreleased gem out there that uh, we can try to uh, acquire for this uh for this concept um check out all the shows on the gui network and um check out our sponsors uh all of our merch is on t public and uh amazon supports the uh, podcast network uh shopping through the link on the website kicks us back just a little bit doesn't cost you a dime extra that is it for beautiful disasters at die for dead formats i've been the groots i've been jesse we'll see you next time Coming straight from the mouths of madness, I'm Lowdown. I'm F.U. Hunter. Do you love horror? We fucking do. So this is a podcast dedicated to all things in cinematic horror. We're talking movies, television, composers, special effects artists. We're going to fucking cover it. So if you love horror, embrace the madness. In a world ravaged by movie studios that keep rehashing the same things, only one podcaster has the guts to make it even worse. Join Mike the Hobbit as he traverses the internet to bring you some of the best and worst ideas for reboots, remakes, and reimaginings of some of your favorite and least favorite TV and film properties. Ideas like a John Waters He-Man movie, Fantastic Four the Musical, and Aliens, done entirely with marionettes. What podcast would bring this evil upon the world? This is Smack My Pitch Up. Available anywhere you get your podcasts. GUIPodcast.com <laughs> Thank mm-hmm. you.